Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. You know what's wrong with health and fitness? You weaponize it against yourself. Why didn't you go to the gym today? You're so lazy. Ah, why did you eat that? You have no self-control. Stop it. At Beachbody, we think training and caring for your body in a way that works best for you should be about loving yourself. Let us help you without all the judgment. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Podcast by SpaceIndustryNews.com. My name is Will, and this is the first episode that we're going to have our own website. I'm working on it right now. It's going to be thespacenewspodcast.com. Imagine that. That's kind of crazy. We're kind of moving up in the ranks here. Now, speaking of moving up on the ranks, uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX BFR spacecraft is now named Starship. Just Starship. Um, so he revealed the name in a tweet. It just says, renaming BFR to Starship. Technically two parts. Starship is the spaceship slash upper stage and super heavy is the rocket booster needed to escape Earth's deep gravity well and and not needed for other planets or moons. So Starship is the new name. It is the fourth name of the craft. There's a mission planned for 2023. If the spaceship is built on time, it was first the uh, MCT, which is the Mars Colonial Transporter and then became Interplanetary Transport System, the ITS, and then becoming the BFR, and now just Starship. Uh, over the weekend, Musk tweeted the spaceship was being redesigned, saying the new version was very exciting, delightly counterintuitive, and Starship is due to replace the Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy vehicles eventually, and will cost an estimated $5 billion to build. Musk's plan for Starship to take people into space on commercial flights around the moon would be the first moon tourist ship that's ever been built by humanity. So SpaceX and Elon Musk, um, Mr. Mazawa has purchased a round trip ticket for this whole Starship to go from Earth around the moon, come back. So they're going to orbit the moon, come back. And he bought out every seat on the ship and he's going to, I mean, he rented the whole place. That's the plan to get the, like to get a bunch of artists in this thing, send them to the moon and back. Basically, they won't land on the moon, though, um, but they'll travel on what is called a free return trajectory, which will bring Starship back to Earth after it has gone around the far side of the moon. And only 24 humans in the history of everything have visited the moon. All of them Americans, 12 of them landed on the moon and NASA's Apollo 17 in December of 1972 marked the last time humans landed on the moon and went beyond low Earth orbit. So from 1972 until now, no one's left low Earth orbit. And this is going to be the first time that people do that. But also, 
the time when the first time in a long time since 1972 that humans see the other side, the quote, dark side of the moon. The longer term plans are to take people to Mars and colonize the planet in Starship is their initial phase to do that. I didn't reveal any details of the new design of the craft, but previously she said it would be able to transport up to 100 passengers to Mars. 100 passengers. That's like, that's like an airplane. That's like a 747. Like everybody that you fly across the country with could be in a freaking Mars rocket. <laughs> that is insane. Oh man, that is absolutely insane. And I am super pumped about this. Like this whole thing is just like, what the heck? Because when we were, when we were kids, this is what we thought was going to happen. You know, we thought people would be colonizing the moon by now and going to Mars and have a little Mars colony. Well, now it's, it's going to happen, you know, in the next couple of years, not even that long from now, it's almost 2019. So in 2023, four to five years from now, this is going to happen. And if everything goes as planned, People are going to be going around the moon, seeing the dark side of the moon, and we will see them coming back to Earth triumphantly, and we're all going to be able to witness it. So we'll be part of that as well. This isn't just for them. This is for all of humanity. So I'm really pumped about that. Um, now, going into some more news, probably just <laughs> more news, but this is kind of, it's kind of, uh, in a weird way, hilarious, but also in a really sad state that NASA is going to uh, investigate SpaceX's safety culture, along with that of its rival Boeing in a strenuous review prompted by Elon Musk's private or public marijuana use. So uh, if you're not familiar with the situation, Elon Musk was on the Joe Rogan show and Joe Rogan said, you know, uh, hey, we want to try some of this. And Elon was just like, yeah, sure. Why not? Took like half a puff, put it away. It's like, it wouldn't do anything to anybody, basically. And now NASA is, um, you know, they're doing a strenuous review prompted by Elon Musk's use of marijuana. So in an interview with the Washington Post, which first reported the investigation, NASA's top human spaceflight executive um, said... The pretty invasive review would focus on the safety culture of SpaceX and Boeing and would involve hundreds of employee interviews. Musk cannabis use on a live stream podcast irked NASA executives, some who have military backgrounds and other who resent Musk critiques of the traditional space program. So this is like there's a culture clash going on. Um, and this is from QZ.com. This is from Quartz that I'm reading this. The Washington Post article was paywalled. So Quartz, thank you for not paywalling your your story. I appreciate it. Um, so basically, I'm, you know, the <laughs> QZ has reported that, that because Elon Musk, it doesn't do things their way. It doesn't do things the strict government military way. And he has his own ways that the government's going to, uh, you know, NASA is going to get upset that he's doing these things that, you know, like he's just basically doing his own thing and enjoying himself and being a human being. And so there's, you know, there's some blowback from big establishment. And, you know, this is basically what SpaceX was all against. He's all against the slowness of NASA and the uh, bureaucracy of it. So now he put himself in a place. So he has to be part of that. Um, 
So the uh, NASA administrator, Jim uh, Bridenstine, said, we need to show the American public that when we put an astronaut on a rocket, they'll be safe. Which I understand. Human lives are the most important thing that we have. Now, Elon Musk taking a toke on the Joe Rogan show isn't a big deal for pretty much everybody in America. So uh, these people in NASA, um, not to say they're out of touch. I love NASA to death. I love a lot of people there. They're great people. But just saying that, and the great thing is they're doing it to Boeing too. They're just not single-handedly going after um, SpaceX. But I think it might be a little bit of overkill. You know, um, the American people probably, you know, like how many people complained? I don't know. You know, like how, what, what's going on here? Is it the higher ups that are upset with Elon Musk and SpaceX? We'll never know. We'll never know exactly what happened. But at least they're doing this investigation to see how safe these companies are. And that's the thing that's important. These people's lives are on the line. And that's what we got to get to. Uh, we got to get to a good place where all these people are safe. And then we can start doing shooting these people off into space and exploring and adventuring. So <laughs> to me, it's kind of silly. You know, it's kind of silly to do that and to spend a lot of tax dollars on something that Elon Musk did on a podcast. Goofy, I know it was funny um, and it became a meme for a little while and NASA has a reputation to uphold. But, you know, moving forward, Elon Musk will know not to do that stuff in public. So, you know, if anything was learned here, this means that NASA is uh, being scrutinized heavily and they don't want anybody to be hurt. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. They'll do their investigation and they'll figure out some stuff. And hopefully they won't find any find any bad stuff. And moving on to the next piece of news for the space news today. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but Hawaii is a Mars simulator. And um, they're turning into moon missions now. So the dome where crew members practice red planet missions will now be converted into a simulation of a moon base for the last five years. A small Mars colony thrived in Hawaii, very far away from civilization. They were practicing, um, practicing for a Mars colony in the future. So the Hawaii Space Exploration Analog and Simulation, or the High Seas, was carried out in a small white dome along the slope of a massive volcano called Moana Mauna? Loa? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm bad at this. M-A-U-N-A-L-O-A. I don't know how to pronounce that. I butchered it, and I'm sorry. And the habitat housed around six people at a time. I know some guy that went to this thing. I know some guy that was in this thing, and he used to contact me every once in a while at spaceindustrynews.com, and we would talk about it. And this was, it was really cool. Like, this is really neat. So they prepared, you know, they had freeze-dried meals, uh, took 30-second showers to conserve water, and wore spacesuits every time they left the dome. So it would be something similar to what Mars astronauts would do. Um, and they replicated the communication gap between Earth and Mars. So they waited 20 minutes for their emails uh, and to reach their family members. Another 20 minutes to hear back from them. And as they went to sleep, there was nothing but silence. And they really believed they were on Mars. Something like it gets into your head. So when you when you go there and you just have to get in the frame of mind, like I'm on Mars now, I'm not on Earth, I'm not in Hawaii, 
I'm on Mars and I have to act like I'm in Mars or I'm on Mars because if I don't, this experiment will go wrong and the future missions to Mars could be subject to, um, to danger. So, because, you know, you weren't in the frame of mind that you should have been in. So February of this year, uh, something went wrong. And the last and sixth mission was four days in when one of the crew members was carried out on a stretcher and taken to the hospital. Uh, there had been a power outage in the habitat. Some troubleshooting ended with one of the residents sustaining an electrical shock. The rest of the crew was evacuated too, and there was some discussion of returning, and the injured person was treated and released in the same day. But other crew members felt the conditions weren't safe enough and decided to withdraw. So the Mars simulator... Couldn't continue with the crew as small as three, and the entire program was put on hold. But the habitat wasn't abandoned. Officials at the University of Hawaii and NASA investigated the incident, and the wealthy Dutch entrepreneur who built the habitat was thinking about how the dome could be put to use. Hank Rogers, H-E-N-K Rogers, made his money designing computer games, but he's very passionate about space exploration and particularly the idea of constructing human sediments on other worlds. Life on Earth, just like his computers, needs a backup, he said. It's why he agreed to build the habitat and why, when the latest Mars simulation became due an abrupt end, uh, he saw an opportunity. So he said, Roger said, it's my habitat for Christ's sakes. I don't want to see it sitting there empty and do nothing. I, descri I describe it like this. You've just invented a canoe and you're sitting on Maui and you're looking at Lanai, which is right next door. And someone says, hey, let's row to England. He said, I'm saying let's row to Lanai first. Let's learn how to live on the moon before we start living on Mars. Um, so that's a it's a really great idea. So they repurposed this Mars habitat into a moon habitat. So um, the Mars habitat isn't gone for good and there will be a mission seven someday. Um, but for now, they're going to move it into like the moon habitat range. So they'll be working on uh, how to live on the moon. And it's taken so long to sort out the reviews and the funding. And if they start recruiting now, uh, they won't be able to start a mission for another four months. So the Mars simulations were meant to study how people would behave in long duration, deep space missions with minimal or no contact with Earth. Research has instructed participants to wear devices to track their vitals, uh, movements and their sleep and complete countless questionnaires about their own behavior and interactions with others. And they would also journal several times about how they felt about living in a habitat like that. Because the stuff that happens in the future, you know, when we send people off into space, we send people off into Mars and to the moon. We got to know how to treat them, not just physically, but mentally. Like this takes a mental strain on people. So we have to figure out, you know, what is, what's going on in their heads. So um, now it's a, a high-end Airbnb. That's what Rogers calls it. Uh, he said the habitat is safe. He said the accident in mission six occurred because a crew member removed a safety panel from a circuit breaker, exposing wiring. And uh, so officials have also declined to describe the situation. But, you know, it, it, it's a it's a shame that that happened and it's unfortunate. But at least they're going to repurpose it and make it into a moon base, which is really, really cool. So we're going to hop to the moon first and then learn how people can live there and then hop to Mars from there. So this is like a deep space habitat for people and it's going to be repurposed and it's going to be great for future human 
uh, space flight. Now, I want to tell you guys that I appreciate you. And then I want to thank you all for making this podcast successful. Five stars all around. People have been giving this thing ratings, and I really do appreciate it. It really helps a ton, a ton to get those reviews in and to um, comment on it. And with our new website, I'm getting it up hopefully tonight or tomorrow. I'm trying to figure out the domain stuff, um, but it'll be uh, spacenewspodcast.com. So we're going to be moving towards that as well and uh, doing more posts with that. It's going to be really cool. Um, But other than that, and just thanks for all the support and just keep listening to the podcast if you like it. I think we're going in the right direction and I will continue to make longer and longer episodes. And, you know, as they, um, as somebody who's into science and who's into nature and who's into space, I think something like this is important. And I believe that, you know, if you are entertained by it, I want to say thank you because that means a lot to me. So I'll see you guys next time and have a great day or a great night in the universe. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frames. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hon, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next up, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.